Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends, as this video is brought to you by DrRoto.com. Hello and welcome. Another edition of Hoops Hub kicking off for you on November 4th. We're like three weeks into the season. Things are starting to pick up. People are starting to get suspended. Uh, less on that. Zeke Cohen, Kevin Amoroso, I'm Brian Armetta. Guys, pleasure to see you today. And uh, we've got some fun, uh, some intriguing stuff to talk about. We're going to be doing some buy lows, waiver wire ads. Players that are kind of under the radar that you might have an interest in. You're not sure what their value is. So we're going to sort all that out. Uh, maybe get some news and notes at the end because there's been, for better or worse, a lot of news this week in the association. Kevin, why don't you kick us off with a waiver wire ad that people should be willing to pull the trigger on this week? Well, with the news of James Harden going down for at least a month yesterday, I think it's vital that you pick up D'Anthony Melton across all your leagues. Um, he's a he's gonna he he was he um was a big signing for the Sixers this offseason. Um, came in as like their third guard, trying to like take off some minutes from Harden, play good defense, play good perimeter defense, shoot a good three, and uh, now without Harden, he's gonna be taking over that uh, one guard spot alongside Maxi. He's probably gonna be getting about. Oof, for the time Harden's out, about 28 to 30 minutes a night. He's a really good steals asset. Um, his scoring should be solid, and he kind of can fill out your stats across the board. Boards and assists, he's not too bad in as well. So, um, yeah, DeAnthony Melton uh, in, a, in a really good Sixers offense. I think he's a must-add right now with James Harden out. Yeah, completely agree. Um, you know, don't expect – crazy scoring i think somewhere between 10 and 15 a night is still what you should view this as but he's going to help you everywhere else you know he's going to be the kind of guy during the stretch where he'll get like five assists five boards any given night maybe more um and i also expect joel Embiid to start playing better i think he slowly is and that can only help assists um i don't even think tobias harris is that great a third option so there's the potential he could be the number three option in what might be a good Sixers team. I mean, we've had our talks about them, but um, they certainly can score and they have some great playmakers. Maxi's looked fantastic lately. So um, Maxi might be a sell high now, uh, but yeah, uh, very fun to watch Melton. All right, Zeke. So for me, I'm not going to say my guy is really like a pull the trigger right now kind of guy, but I'm going to say he's more of a long-term stash. I'm going to go with Jalen Williams. Right now, he's owning about 4.8% of ESPN leagues. Uh, when Josh Giddy was hurt, he didn't really get that much action because actually he suffered a concussion himself. However, Williams is going to be an exciting player to have this year, I think. Again, Giddy isn't the most reliable to play that many games, so who's going to be getting those minutes after? It's most likely going to be Williams. Right now, he's averaging around 17 minutes a night. Uh, the scoring seems to be coming in a little bit. He's averaging around eight a game right now. He averages a steal and a half, a rebound, and assist. The stats aren't really that great. However, uh, we have to remember, I mean, he's only played four games in his NBA career, so it's going to take him some time to kind of establish his identity, establish his comfortability, and I think over time, he's going to be a nice player to hold on to for the shooting guard position. Yeah, he's really uh, – what I like about Williams is there's the potential for him to start even with Giddy, just because the Thunder like playing positionless basketball. They're weird. Yeah. They're willing to lose, and they're willing to have some fun while they do it. So. Yeah, 
I think, though, realistically, it's probably going to take some time before Williams enters the starting lineup. But, I mean, again, right now, being owned in so little percent of leagues, why not take him now, hold on to him, see what could happen kind of thing. It's still so early anyways, right? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I just um, I just wanted to point out how inconsistent the Thunder rotation has been this year. I mean, for, for the past few years during this rebuild, but especially this year, I mean, they've been flipping guys in and out every night in the, line, in the lineup. Yeah. Um, it seems like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Josh Giddey, and Lou Dort are three solid starters there. So I don't know if Jalen Williams will get starters minutes down the road because I just don't know where he's a fit there in that lineup. But I think he could be a really solid bench uh, bench player for your team. Yeah. I think it's a good good pick um i just it depends on if he really takes the lead role on that bench which i think he will alongside the trey man who's another solid solid ad recently um yeah but yeah that's my that's my my uh my little my little uh not take but it's a valid concern yeah concern there you go um i think he could still have 12 team definitely 14 team value as like this yeah. man uh but it also depends on him simply playing well He's a first-round yeah. pick. They like him. But who knows? They get weird with it. Guys like, I don't know. Well, other than Giddy and Shy, who's playing out of his mind right now. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's a weird team. There aren't a lot of certainties, but that also creates opportunity. So I think, especially if you're like 2-0 and or about to be 3-0, and 2-1, like you can afford to wait around for a week on this guy. All right. I'm going to throw out my waiver wire pick. And, um, you know, I love my Lakers. Uh, Lonnie Walker Jr. Now, if you are interested in having good percentage stats, fast forward, look away, because he's not going to help you there. Everywhere else, I think he will. Uh, Lonnie Walker Jr. is currently playing over 32 minutes a night, which is one sentence I didn't think I'd be saying this year. You look at the Lakers guard rotation. I mean, he, he's shooting 29% from three, but he's still probably one of their better three-point shooters. Um, the field goal percentage isn't great, but 16 points per game, three boards, two assists. I mean, one steal and one block a game. I don't expect the block numbers to continue, but he's picking up steam. Five of his last six games, he scored over 10 points. He played 40 minutes and dropped 28 on the Pelicans. Granted, it was an overtime, but still. Um, this team's not afraid to go to him. Um, when Davis and LeBron inevitably take their rest days too, he immediately becomes a second or third option, depending on who's playing. Uh, there's not as much competition as you'd think on a Lakers team that we thought might be kind of stacked, maybe. Um, it's, it's thin at guard, and the opportunity's there. Schroeder coming back might shake things up, but they kind of serve different roles. I and mean, Walker's score, they need scores. They don't have any kind of juice on the outside, I think, there's no reason to think he can't keep playing 30 minutes a night. And if you want counting stats, I think he's your guy. Oh, yeah, I 100% agree, Brian. I don't see the Harmon not bringing in a guy like Lonnie Walker right now. Let's be real. The Lakers have absolutely no shooting, guys. Like, I mean, really, Lonnie Walker is probably going to be, like, your most reliable guy in that category, honestly. I, I and it's insane to think or about. Like a master class. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look – think he's kind of a must-add right now. It's worth it to kind of take him and see what happens kind of thing. Look, the efficiency isn't going to be there. But again, if you're a counting stats guy, there is no harm in bringing in a guy like that right now, especially when he's owned in less than, what, 30% of leagues, I think? He's uh, ESPN. He's under 20. 
He's under 10. Is he under 10 in ESPN? Am I wrong? Right All now, the- I see 19.2. Oh, yeah, there you go. All the more reason for you. Under 20, yeah. Same thing. It's worth the roster spot. Got to go for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm already rostering Westbrook, so might as well have fun with it. I shouldn't admit that and pretend to be a fantasy uh, savant, but uh, here we are. All right, so I think that'll about wrap it up for waiver wire ads. Wanted to get to some trade buy lows because I think last week we were talking about how it's still kind of uncertain. You're kind of wading into the waters. Don't know. Don't want to overreact. I think we're now three weeks in. I think we can make some... I don't want to say definitive, but more defined takes, kind of figure out who might be on the upswing, who should be playing better, who should be playing worse. So, Zeke, who's a buy low that managers should be targeting in a trade? I'm going to start with a little bit of a fiery one, I think. Carl Anthony Towns. Let's be real. We kind of knew once Rudy Gobert would come in, Cat's role was going to change in some way or another. Look. He's still a top three center. I'm not going to discredit Carl Anthony Towns. He is a beast. But I think owners have to be realistic and look at where they drafted him and look at what they're getting from him right now. The rebounds have taken a dip. His field goal percentage is at a career low right now. The three-pointers are there, sure. But in my opinion, look, with the blocks and steals still being below one, I don't see how Cat really makes up first-round value right now. And look, you have to look at this as how can I sell Cat to other potential league managers and what could I get in return for him? Because realistically, you could probably get a top 30 guy for him. I think it's just about looking at your team and realizing like the direction that you want to take it in. Personally, a lot of people drafted Cat in the first round. I don't think he's going to make up a first-round kind of talent this year. I do think that there's potential to maybe get guys like Lamar DeRozan, who, again, I talked crap about at the beginning of the year, but he's looked great this year. Uh, Those kinds of players I really think are where we're kind of aiming for around with Cat. But also – So you'd give Demar DeRozan to get Cat? I think so at this point. Yeah. Cat's scoring's taking a dip also. I mean, again, look, he's still at 20 – plus points, but I mean, look, eight rebounds tonight, five assists, field goal percentage takes a dip. For me, just not really worth holding on to. And if I can get a deal for him where I'm going to flip for DeMar, for maybe a Jimmy Butler, I'll go for it if I can. But I'd love to hear what you guys think on this one because there's definitely some owners who kind of think like they could hold this out and maybe, you know, because again, Cat is a very gifted scorer. Like, though, those efficiency numbers could balance out as the season goes on. But, I mean, again, we're looking at a clogged offense here. I mean, look, Anthony Edwards has taken another step. D'Angelo Russell looks to be playing better. I mean, there's a lot of guys in this system who really could bring something unique to the table. And it looks like Cat has kind of been taking the, the back seat a little bit, in my opinion. Um, I don't think they need him to be what he's been. But I also think he's a guy that makes sense to target if people are growing frustrated. Because, again, five assists, good three-point shooting. These are rare traits for a big man. Especially if you're a team that's valuing rebounds but also wants to get involved in those kind of categories. Like, if I want to stay strong in blocks but maybe bring in a different kind of big, 
you know, a package involving, say, it's hard to think, but like a package involving like a defense first big man and then maybe a guard, you know, maybe like Gobert and another piece, depending on where you want to go for Cat, that could make sense. Um, I think you want to maybe consolidate and target Cat if I'm targeting Cat. Uh, if I'm trading Cat, um, DeRozan makes sense depending on the team. I The only thing about DeRozan is I think there's a chance he just loses value as the year goes on just because the Bulls will get healthier. Um, Levine's slowly starting to play back-to-backs now, so that's good. But I want to see what DeRozan's scoring numbers look like with Levine. I'm not even factoring in Lonzo because that's a while away if it happens, but he might not have the ball as much in his hands when Lonzo comes back. Certainly something to consider. So it's about upswing. Now, do I think there's a lot of upswing for Cat? I'm not sure, but he's also – what he's doing right now is still really valuable, even if I thought he was overdrafted in in the fall. It is valuable. Just kind of think that again. I mean, what most people would take them late first round can't hurt to go test the market. And again, like I feel like a huge part of this is like, how are you going to be able to sell this to owners? Because Cat is still a very uh, highly recognizable player. I think that if you go up to owners and you're kind of making these compelling arguments, the return could even get higher than DeRozan. It really depends for these owners who are shopping him, how are you going to sell him? How are you going to market him to these other owners to get the return that you're looking for kind of thing? Kevin, you have Rudy Gobert in our league. Would you consider something like Gobert and a decent guard for Cat? Yeah. Um, just because my build doesn't need boards as, as much and what I'd be selling there are mostly boards and blocks, which I feel are my two biggest strengths. So I feel like it would balance out my team. So I think I would. Yeah. Yeah. So, like a big man heavy team might want to consolidate and get like one better big man, if that makes sense, and maybe ditch a few. Um, yeah. It's very team dependent, as a lot of these guys are. But it's Carl Anthony Towns. The talent's there, and he's still a unique player, albeit one that I think we're looking correct in saying he was overdrafted. All right. Kevin, who's a buy low? So, my first buy low here is a. Uh certain Boston Celtic defensive player of the year, and his name is Marcus Smart. Now, this isn't like a massive buy low where it's like, oh, my God, you're going to get a crazy value here because Marcus Smart only has so much of his ceiling, right? Like we know who Marcus Smart is, what, 10 years into his NBA career. He's a solid guard who's going to provide you with mediocre scoring, solid playmaking, decent boards for his position, and great steals. Um Right now, he's shooting – what is he shooting? He's shooting 34% from the field, and he's shooting – sorry, one sec. And he's shooting, I believe, 22% from three. And, and, and about, what, I think 10, 10 points – yeah, 10.4 points per game. Um, my point is that that scoring is going to go up. That efficiency is going to go up. And if you want a guy like Marcus Smart, who's a solid fourth or fifth guard on a, on a, on a, deep, uh, on a deep league on your roster, um, who's going to provide you with good defensive stats, solid three-point volume – and good playmaking, good assists, and won't really hurt you elsewhere. Maybe he isn't the best, most efficient guard in the world shooting-wise, but um, he, he's a nice back-end guard that if you want to get Marcus Smart for cheap, for maybe a, a, a young player who's gotten a like, like a Trey Murphy, right? Like a, a young player. And that, that wouldn't be enough for Marcus Smart, or it shouldn't be. But like a, pa- a young player of a package of young players who've gotten good run, that you've gotten enough waivers, this is the time to get a guy like Marcus Smart, who you know is going to be a solid back-end guy on your roster. I like. It. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, look. In my opinion, 
I feel like we got to be real about some of these young guys. This year, this rookie class looked freaking insane. I mean, really, like, I like the idea of definitely trading for somebody more established. Like, for example, like, I, I just had Jay Nivey on my team. I ended up making a move and I flipped him. But um, I'm thinking to myself, like, if I did package together, for example, like a Jalen Ivey and maybe a Jalen Williams for Marcus Smart, would that have been something that maybe worked out for my team? In retrospect, probably. I mean, again, like what Kevin was saying, you know what you're going to get from Marcus. Like he is a highly reliable backup guard. He's going to get good minutes every night. He's starting now. Um, I think I would, honestly. I mean, I have some pretty – well, my thing is also I'm pretty weak in uh, field goal percentage as it is right now. So I'm kind of thinking that maybe Marcus would hurt me there. <laughs> but, maybe you settle down. Maybe you say screw it. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know. Look. For me, I, I personally love Marcus Smart. I would love to bring him onto the squad. Sure, I'll take a flyer on him. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? He's a safe player to bring in. There's really no negatives with him besides the field goal and three-point percentage. But, again, you know what you're going to get from him. And he is pretty healthy for the most part, too. So, yeah, why not? So, How about you? Two things on Marcus that I think are worth mentioning. One, he's actually been really good at the free throw line this year. He's shooting 90%. So he's actually helping you at the line right now. Um, will that sustain? I don't know. But shooting over 80% for the year, I think that's very reasonable. And that's a good player to have, considering you're not trading or drafting him for that. The other thing about Marcus that I think makes sense for the purpose of this exercise is that he's the kind of player that managers are more willing to deal with. Certainly, you can get a Towns. It's certainly possible. Marcus Smart doesn't take a lot of convincing. People drafted him, who knows, like between the 8th and 10th round. I don't know. They weren't prioritizing getting Marcus Smart in drafts. They're not going to be like, he's not a uh, can't trade. He's someone that you can reasonably get, and someone managers are certainly going to be open to having a dialogue about. So I think that he's like one of the most realistic guys we're going to mention today. So that's why I like this, because it makes sense, and it's, not that Cat is implausible. You can definitely swing a trade for Cat, but if you're not trying to shake up your entire roster and just make a small tweak, smart makes sense depending on your team. All right. Uh, my buy low, I'll keep with the, the tweak kind of mantra. And this is somebody I was high on going into the year, and I'm still high on him despite some ugly shooting similar to smart. The Spurs are kind of a mess. I mean, the Josh Primo situation is ugly, and we don't know how that's going to turn out. What I do know is he will not be playing for the San Antonio Spurs this year, if probably never again. So, oh, didn't they waive him? Yeah, so regardless, Primo's gone. There's opportunity there. Josh Richardson's around, and I like Josh Richardson, but this is Trey Jones' team. He's going to have the ball in his hands probably more than anyone other than Johnson and Vassell, um, maybe more than those guys. So... The assist numbers are still there. Uh, you know, he's, he's shipping in 4.5 boards, almost six assists a night, getting you over a steal a night. So that's what you love to see. The field goal percentage is ugly, uh, but that's really the only downside. Three-point shooting, 39%, 12 points per game. He's playing 30 minutes a night. These are nice, solid stats considering where you got him. I don't think managers are truly – I think the lack of him being a household name, nobody really cares about him. Nobody's like, oh, I think this guy can be even better because nobody knows what the hell a Trey Jones is. Um, let me assure you, Trey Jones is good, but it's also just a matter of opportunity. The rest of his team is not good. Uh, he knows where to pass to the guys who are good. And 
there's plenty of minutes to go around. So I think similar to Smart, but more offensively focused. He's not quite the defensive compiler that Smart is. Um, if you want to boost and assist, he's a really cheap source of one of the more valuable or one of the rare cats in the, the game this year. So if you want some assists, if you want a guard that can chip in on boards and a decent three-point shooter, uh, you could do far worse than Trey Jones. Yeah, I mean, Trey's shooting 38% right now from three, and he's also shooting 90% from the line. Like what Brian was saying, I mean, I think opportunity is the biggest thing to assess here. I mean, look, let's be objective about Trey's situation. He's got nothing there. It's it's the Trey show. Like, he is the kind of guy right now that you are 100% buying low. You are going to package probably an established player, maybe some rookie upside. And put a deal together for him. I mean, again, like, I feel like he's going to be one of those players who also is progressively growing throughout the season. I mean, again, he was coming off the bench last year. He wasn't really getting that many minutes. Now he's in a position where it is all about him. He is their number one focal point in terms of development at the point guard position. I really do think that he's kind of the perfect guy to bring in right now. Unlike a Marcus Smart where, like, you know what you're going to get out of him when you bring him in. Trey is really exciting because – the future it really is untapped here i mean this kid could be great and I, again i love the fact that like again yeah he's below 40 from three but like still 38 is not half bad especially on gotta double check how many attempts per game he's taken but um i mean what for two two attempts a game yeah i mean i'm fine with it for now sure why not yeah all right so um kevin uh, got another buy low for us? Yeah, my next one here is a certain. Um, well, I don't know. I just, I'm just. Let me just say this. This one just packs a punch. Did you just wake up from a finals coma? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond Green is my uh, my buy low. Now let me explain. This is a similar similar um, reason to Marcus Smart. It's a similar uh, it's a similar objective here, trading for Jeremy Green as Marcus Smart. Um, nice defensive guy whose stats are down across the board. Like I mean, he's Draymond Green scoring eight point nine points points per game. That won't go up. Don't expect more from Draymond Green, but we know what Draymond Green is. Um, he's going to give you a, give you about seven boards, seven assists the rest of the way. Right now, he's averaging under six in both. Um, I think just as the season goes on, I think his usage, his usage will go up, especially passing the ball. I think Steph Curry will need to take some days off, especially as a playmaker, and we're going to see Draymond Green take take in um, take that role, and we're going to see his stats get boosted throughout the year. This happened last year. I was a Draymond Green owner last year, where at the first month of the year he was still solid, but didn't play as well. And once the Warriors got into rhythm, um, Draymond Green. His, uh, his stats went up across the board, but specifically his assists. So for someone who's as unique as him, someone who can play the four in your fantasy team and help you with um, boards but mostly assists and defensive stats, I think this is the time to get Draymond Green. If his stats are down across the board, you can try to convince someone. I mean, public opinion of Draymond Green is probably lowest it's ever been. <laughs> so you could probably try to kind of convince someone, hey, Draymond's only averaging, you know, nine points he's only he's averaging below six boards below six assists as even if his defensive stats aren't very good this year and you know he's not exactly the best guy for rates i mean field goal percentage he's solid um but as a power forward on low volume he should be 
and he's not adding much in three-point shooting and free throw. So you can kind of convince someone and say, hey, look at this triple single, triple single idiot. Draymond Green sucks. Trade him to me. And um, you're going to get Draymond Green, who's really solid and helps you in multiple categories besides points and, and uh, three. Threes. Doesn't help you in threes. Yeah. Draymond Green. That's my that's my guy. Yeah, my thing is, I guess. I mean, look, the minutes per game have taken a slight dip for me. Also, I'm not necessarily sure if Draymond's gonna be there health-wise. He might be over the bridge for me on that. But again, I feel like a the big theme with all these guys right now they're struggling but eventually they might be able to put it together and draymond definitely is a safer candidate to say that look the warriors right now they have not started the season anywhere near where they would like to be right now as the defending champions but again they'll find their way again and draymond is the perfect guy to approach owners about and try and bring them in personally for me i don't think i'd do it just because uh I need guys who are healthy. Look, my team right now, we got beat up so bad this past week. I had like six or seven guys out. What? You're walking IR. Oh, yeah. No, it's been rough for me. Like, Draymond, for my particular situation, I'm not bringing him in, but I could see why there would be a lot of owners out there who see the upside in him and see the opportunity right now in getting him as a buy-low candidate. I like Draymond for what it's worth. I think he's got – He's got a safe floor. Um, and I also think if he's traded, I don't think that hurts him. I mean, Zeke, you said it. There's, It's a very crowded Warriors team, obviously. Uh, he's going to play high 20, low 30 minute per game. He's going to get you five assists and five steals a night, or five assists and five boards a night. And I think going back to what I said about Cat, like, I like targeting unicorns. Draymond is a unicorn. I mean, nobody is quite like him. He gets steals, he gets assists, and he does it at power forward. It's a very unique kind of player that I think can fit a lot of builds. And he's not killing you in field goal percentage. He's shooting some of his best. I think this currently would be his best um, shooting season ever. Yeah, by far. Shooting over 600 600 from the field. That's not going to continue. 60%. But um, that's not going to continue. But I can buy him still being a good shooter in terms of percentages this year threes whatever he doesn't take that many to kill you anyways um and free throw percentage i don't expect much but i don't think he's going to continue to be a sub 60 percent shooter from the line we can expect that to go up a bit so what does that all mean i think the good might go down a bit but the bad might go up and that goes back to dream on being a safe floor guy you know what you're going to get and public perception is bad people think he's going to get traded people think he's old people think he's washed i don't think he's quite washed he's still a good nba player regardless of all baggage, regardless of the trade rumors, a trade wouldn't even hurt him, I don't think. So even if that does happen, if anything, you want to be uh, get to the punch before everyone else does. Oh, wait. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's the best way to end our talk on Draymond. Uh, all right. Uh, Zeke? <laughs> I, I'm going to share with our audience here, a personal situation that's very close to home. Kawhi Leonard. Drafted uh, second over, my second overall draft pick this, this year. He's played two games for me so far. It, for those who might not have read the reports, I mean, right now he's dealing with knee stiffness. 
there's been dialogue between the team and Kawhi about how exactly they want to progress with it. From what I've read in some multiple reports, Kawhi wants to try and play through it. The organization's trying to play a more safer approach here. Look, for me, I'm going to stash him. There's still some upside here. But for the majority of owners, if their teams are struggling right now, you can definitely buy Kawhi for a ridiculously lower price than he would ever have in any other year. Besides, again, ACL last year, whatever. I really think that there is an argument to be made here that you could offer a top 50 all-around player for Kawhi Leonard at this point in time, and you could get him. One for one. I And as crazy as this sounds... <laughs> I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on this because we shamed all over this guy a couple weeks ago. Tobias Harris for Kawhi Leonard. While yeah. this is absolutely ridiculous to even bring up, we have no idea how this situation will look for the entire season. This could be a player who I ends mean, are up – Are you saying you would trade Kawhi for Tobias Harris? I'm not saying I would, but I'm saying if there are oh, panic no. owners out there – No, that's – No, I'd trade Tobias for Kawhi in a heartbeat if yeah. that's what you're asking. Yes. Yes to that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yes, that's the situation I'm bringing up. If you find an owner who is inexperienced – who does not necessarily, who's just freaking out about their second overall draft pick, not playing right now. They don't know what's going to happen. There's very little information coming out about when he's even going to come back. I definitely think that you could manipulate the situation and create a compelling enough argument to trading a guy like Tobias from your team, an all around kind of guy who you know is going to have a certain floor for a guy like Kawhi. Reason now, I think it has to be a bit better than Tobias. Yeah, I, look, I agree. I, I brought up Tobias because let's let's have a little fun here. Let's no, no, no. that listen, we're spitballing. That's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. It's just I'm also viewing this as someone who's done this for years now. Like I would be like you, clown. No, no. exactly. Yes, a yes. majority of people would see. There is definitely a chance you can try and convince someone. Hey, you're own two. You're own three. You need a warm body. This guy ain't doing it. Um, I've got a 16 point, 17 point per game score. Yes, there's something to be said for that. The problem about Kawhi is like if you're trading for him, I truly have no idea. Like, like when you, I don't know what his value is, so I'm not sure what I'm giving up. You get I what mean, I mean? Well, look, I mean, if you have any names, like help me out. I'm, I'm trying to think of this in my brain. I mean, look, I think it is best. I mean, Kawhi is a top. 25 player in fantasy i, I mean i think but that's gonna come with again minutes, consistency and again eventually the big word with Kawhi, like is he ever gonna play back-to-backs like no. I, I don't know like i, I don't, don't think, think he'll do that at all this year i feel I, confident enough that could be that. something that stays with him for the rest of his career at this point but if Kawhi's Kawhi, you're cool with it sure that's the yeah, thing you know like, that. did you draft him thinking he would you almost don't want no. him to so he doesn't re-injure it I I drafted him under the belief that I thought, personally, he's never going to play a set of back-to-backs again for his entire career. Fine. Back-to-backs come anyway. I was expecting at least, again, with very little information coming out until, like, what was it, opening night, I think the report came out, that he wasn't going to play that night or he was on a minutes restriction coming off the bench. Yeah, like, I genuinely was under the impression that he would have the minutes restriction, but... I wanted to see that close-up shot of him right at the scorer's table walking out right for a jump ball. 
That's what I expected that night. And then the second he came off the bench, I realized, okay, I'm in for a bit of a show this year. I'm in for a roller coaster. But again, I think an all-around kind of player that you could offer to an owner who has Kawhi, who's freaking out, who doesn't know the kind of value they're going to get out of him for the season, it's very realistic that you could get that done. Hell, you could even throw a Paolo at him, maybe? I mean, again, like, Paolo's... Banchero... I, could I wouldn't say. make. I, I have Paolo. Yeah. I would not make that trade. No, it's fair. Um, it depends on how willing you are to make risks. I wouldn't hold no, anyone. Not, I that's a season definer right there. If you screw that up, like that's something that could possibly. I, I think the kind of player we're talking about trading for is probably somewhere in between Bonchero and Harris, sure. ideally, and maybe throwing something else. This is my next question. I want to ask both you guys, like. At this point in the year, say your team's doing pretty well, how willing are we to take a chance on injured guys? You know, I traded for Zion Williamson last year, 2-0. I was, I was feeling good about my team. Never played another minute for me. Uh, Might have tanked my season. So there is some risk. I want to hear from you guys. I don't know. For me personally, I think it definitely depends on the information we know about the player going into it. I feel like with the Zion situation last year, it was one of those where it would just constantly get dragged out. There's something new that we're finding out every couple of weeks, every month or so. It felt like something that we weren't really going to have clarity on until the reports came out that he was just shut down for the year. I think you have to be very cautious about trading for an injured player and you have to do your research here. Like, look, right now, an injured player, for example, who hasn't even suited up for a game this season, Chris Middleton. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy to go for right now. They just brought him back from the G League. I think he practiced there for a couple of days. He's back working with the team. It's going to be a few more weeks because obviously he has to get his reps back under him, work on that conditioning. But I think he's the perfect guy right now who's injured, who you know isn't going to be there for a couple of weeks. But once you get him back, you're going to get elite field goal, elite three-point percentage. You're going to get points, rebounds, assists. Great guy to bring in. But, yeah, like, for example, like a Time Lord. I screwed up on Time Lord. I, I drafted him under the impression of probably not playing until December, but then I realized again. Uh, I mean, like Robert Williams a lot, even injured as, like, a by-low, too. Not going to make this list, but I yeah. understood your thought process. Probably drafted a bit too early, though. Yeah, no, that that's exactly where I went. So I ended up flipping him, and I ended up bringing in Sangoon which we'll see how that works out for me. That was probably my big move of the season right there. But um, Say that now. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Say that now. All know. right. Um, I'm going to move on. Last by low of the night, Jalen Green. Uh, you know, another personal experience. I've rostered Jalen Green, and it's been ugly. Uh, he's, his current shooting is um, he's a lot to be desired. 38% from the field. 35% from three. I mean, the free throw shooting's fine, but this is not what anyone signed up for. Second half of last year, he was fantastic, and that was the hope that that momentum would carry over to this year. It is not. But I'm holding faith. Uh, the Rockets' fast-paced offense, they really don't know what they're doing, which is good for Jalen Green because that means he can just take shots. Uh, you know, no one who drafted Jalen Green got into this thinking that he was going to be an efficient score. They got into it thinking he was going to be a volume score and he still can be, he's still got 19 points per game. There's a lot of room to work with here. And again, it's hard if I'm trading Jalen green, or if I'm trying to trade for Jalen green, 
there's almost nowhere to go but up. And I think he's a guy that you don't want to overvalue Jalen Green because he is a flawed player even at his best. But he also has the clear potential to score more than this and to be a better player. So I think this is your classic buy low. I don't think I don't think people should be quite panicking yet. Give it another two weeks and we can maybe have that talk. But he's he, he's a hold for now. Yeah, I, I think with Jalen Green, again, I feel like with these score first kind of guards who are just like these shooter phenom dribble god kind of guys, I it definitely takes time, especially when they come into a team that's kind of in that transitional phase where they're going to get the ball for the majority possessions. Uh, I I think with Jalen, he's the perfect kind of guy to go for now. I'm just not really sure how high that ceiling gets this year. Feel like it's definitely gonna t- like again. I feel like we could see some short bursts, like the end of last season, for example, throughout the course of this year. But I think the biggest thing with him is going to be the consistency. I just don't think you're going to get that out of him this year. For like, I mean, again, it depends on what you're going to give up for him. But for me personally, yeah, he's just going to give me points pretty much. Like, I, I mean, again, like the ceiling three is pointers, three point and. Whatnot. Free throw percentage, he's still a good source. Um, yeah, no, he is. Not just a score. But yeah, he's, he's, but he's also an instant boost to the scoring team. Oh, and 100%. Yes. Like I if you are scoring first build, perfect guy to bring in then. Because again, he will get you, like, look, he's probably going to average 20 plus a game this year. Like he's not far off now. I think he's averaging, uh, like he's already averaging 19.3. That's easily going to get above 20. I mean, this kid is a gifted score like i'm not trying to take that away from him no i get you you these are valid concerns yeah but i don't know for me personally though and for my team where i've already kind of thrown away the idea of being a high scoring team every week jalen probably isn't the guy that i'm looking to bring in but if you are a team with a scoring focus yeah i could definitely see the logic and bring in a guy like that for a particularly low price right now yeah um i agree I just I wanted to continue on from Brian's point, saying talking about how Jalen Green's ceiling is isn't that high. I mean, he has even though he's this young star and um, his stats uh, are definitely lower than they should be or will be. Um, I think Jalen Green only tops out at about a you know top fifty, top sixty player, not much more than that. Um, I do like Jalen. I mean, I, I try to trade for Jalen Green. I like Jalen Green. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, his field goal percentage is inevitably going to go up. Um, I think that volume will stay where it's at. And when his rates get a little better, I think uh, he'll be a nice little 23, 24 point per game guy with weird, like surprisingly decent boards too. And um, yeah, not great defensive stats or playmaking, but doesn't really hurt you there too much either. Um, so, yeah, I like Jalen Green. Just a limited ceiling because I didn't mention because um, Kevin Porter Jr. in that backcourt, I think, will limit his ceiling, uh, limit that, limit his stats. You get the idea the rest of the way. Um, by the way, we'll talk about this on another show, but one of the picks of the year so far, Kevin Porter Jr., ninth, tenth round guy, averaging 26 and five. Great pick. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, that, that's a good point. Um, KPJ looks legit. He's eating into uh yeah, that was part of the upside thought with Jalen Green that he'd get more assists this year. And you're right. I think we can safely say that 
barring an injury, KPJ is kind of the distributor now. So it does tap his ceiling. I think 50 to 60 is right where I'd say his upside is. That's still a valuable player, but not quite what managers probably were thinking when they drafted him. Yep. All right. I want to wrap it up real quick. Talk about some important news. James Harden out one month uh, at least. So obviously a tough blow for those who drafted Harden. We mentioned DeAnthony Melton earlier in the show. Uh, Kevin, I want to ask you, what should Harden managers consider doing if they aren't able to pick up Melton or they're really desperate for, I don't know, some kind of boost? Um, yeah, I just honestly, I'd try to make a trade for a reliable guard like a Marcus Smart. I mean, you're not going to make up for what James Harden's doing in all your categories. So you have to say, well, what categories are my strengths here? So let's say you're already good in points and assists, right? Like, or maybe points and boards, right? You're, you're already good in points and boards. And you say, hey, I could, well, without, without Harden, I could use a little bit more of a boost in assists. And maybe I could use the defensive set boost and steals. Like, this is the perfect time to supplement your roster with a guy like Marcus Smart. That's, that's my answer. Makes sense. I think you're at the point where you probably have to make some sort of move. Like, I'm not going to necessarily say this is the point where, like, you're completely adjusting your roster and making some game-changing trades, but you are looking to bring in some sort of consistency in a guy who's going to be healthy, guys who's going to be scoring in some decent volume, who's going to be able to get you some rebounds, some assists. Um I'm ready to kind of get a little spicy with it. I honestly kind of think that maybe Russell Westbrook oh my God. Right now. perfect. I don't know. Coming off the bench, he does the same kind of stuff as Harden. I mean, again, you're not going to get the three-pointers really, but – Free throw shooting also. Free th- yeah, that's a rough one too. But Westbrook could be the kind of guy – I can't believe I'm even saying it. I, I thought after the first couple games of the season that this was just going to be a shit show, but – the Russ bench experiment, it, it it looks like it's working. Again, really small sample size, but yeah, I'd say guys like that, again, a Marcus Smart too, like what Kevin was saying, you're looking for some guy who's going to be able to at least hold you off for this month period, but you're not looking to make some sort of move that's going to change the whole course of your season. Because again, you are going to get hardened back by early, mid-December, the latest. Yeah, you should get him back before Christmas, I think. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't want Russell Westbrook on my fantasy team, but if I'm a Harden owner, I get it. Um, it's just he's he's worse in every way across the board. Yeah, Russell, oh, completely. Team. Yeah, and I think weirdly, I have a feeling just fantasy managers won't. They don't know what, what nobody really knows what Westbrook's value is really this year. And I feel like although we should be getting a discount on Westbrook right now, we're definitely not. Um, because I, I think there's a lot of scenarios where Westbrook exceeds his value as well. Like, let's say the like, I mean, he, he the six man thing I believe in. I think he can put up the same stats as he did last year, or if he gets ends up getting traded at some point in the year, like, what does that mean for him? I don't. The trading thing is unlike Draymond. I think the trading thing is actually scary for Westbrook, just because I think there's a very real possibility he's cut. Does anyone trade? Yeah, I mean, I mean some is he is he not going to be on a roster this year? Is I mean he might be, but I think I could see him on say. I'm laughing as I say this. I think you could see him on, say, Brooklyn or something where he's, like, the fourth option. Yeah, I want that to happen. Um, yeah, uh, I think Russ will give you if, – if Russell Westbench is to be believed as a valuable player, I think maybe he could be a good source of, like, six rebounds, six assists on, like, worse shooting. I mean, yeah. if you drafted Harden, you were already saying, I don't care about field goal percentage and turnovers. That comes with the territory. It's really just a matter of 
worse field goal percentage and way worse free throw shooting and three-point shooting. So that's where Harden's missed. The three-point attempts, the good shooting from the line, you kind of have to cobble it together. Maybe you go all in on just bad shooters and get Westbrook and Smart. Worth an option. I would also say one more. Sorry, I want to throw one more by low in there. Um, It's kind of a half by low. Ben Simmons, right? I mean, just at this moment right now, with the uncertainty around the whole Kyrie situation, I don't know if he's going to play another game for the Nets. I mean, I, I think it's just as good of a chance as he doesn't play another game for the Nets or in a week this he's right back with them and they try to make this all blow over. It seems like it's gotten to a point where they can't make that happen. But anyway, um, Simmons is hurt right now, but I just think his, his stats won't get worse. Um, and with this Kyrie uncertainty and the, him and Katie inevitably be taking some days off, I think his usage will go up. And um, honestly, he's a good guy to replace another good guy to replace um, replace Harden with because he kind of puts up as a guard, fills up the stats. You know, not going to hit you with any three point three pointers, but a better free field goal percentage guy. And um, yeah, kind of just has that as a similar similar build to Harden. Not the same, obviously, but boards, assists at the guard position, steals, and steals. Yes. And he got to, uh, you get more positional versatility probably too on a lot of formats. I like it. That'll wrap us up for today. Big thanks to both of you for joining me. Big thanks to those at home listening. We'll catch you next week, which I don't know how it'll be crazier than this week in the NBA. We didn't even touch the Kyrie stuff, but uh, let's hope it isn't. All right. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.